Great. Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We're ready to get started. We're learning Masechah Sukkah, Daf Hey. We are starting. Um, where are we starting? Six lines from the bottom of Dalad base. Today we're going to be discussing one sugya with various parts, and that is the minimum height of a sukkah. We said that in our Mishnah, that that minimum height is 10 tfachim. So it asks the Gemara six lines from the bottom, quoting from our Mishnah, How do we know that this is true? From where do we know that 10 tfachim is the minimum height? Tosfos adds a critical ancillary point here. Take a look at the bottom Tosfos. Whatever the Mari Mekomos are over here, says Tosfos, in regards to how we determine the minimum shear for a sukkah, the same will be true for a minimum shear for a mechitza for Shabbos. So that means if you're going to create some type of, uh, you know, whatever, a small little fence around your private property in the middle of a place that requires a mechitza, so then that's what, that's what you'll have to do, a minimum of 10 tfachim. What, what are the mari mekomas for the 10? So it says the Gemara Itmar. Itmar always reminds us that we're talking about Amorayim. And the Gemara that here quotes a group of four, Rav, Rebbe Chanina, Rebbe Yochanan, Rebbe Chaviva, Masnu, they all taught the following, parentheses, the Gemara says, Bekule Seder Moed, when all of these names are mentioned throughout Seder Moed, Kolki Haizuga, whenever they're mentioned here as a group, Chilufei Rav Yochanan Uma'ayla Rav Yonasan. We will take out the name of Rav Yochanan and we will put in the name of Rav Yonasan. But either way, whoever the four are, says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom, Daladamad base, Aron Tisha, we know that the Aron was nine Tfachim tall. It's based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says it's Ama Vachetzi Komaso, 1.5 in Ama. And if you multiply by six Tfachim, Six amon, uh, six tfachim per amma, so six times 1.5 is nine. So the aron is tisha, the kapores tefach, and the covering on top of that was one tefach thick. Hare kanasara, nine plus one is ten. Uchsiv, and on that note, says the Gemara, the Pasuk says, when did a Bar- where did a Baruch Hu speak with us? I'll speak with you on top of the kapores, top of Hamad Aleph. The Tanya and the Brysa writes, Rabbi Yossi Omer, me'olam lo yarda shechina lamata, velo ala Moshe ve'eliyahu lamaro. And not only did Hashem never go below that uh, that ten tefach threshold, but Moshe Elio never went above it. Shneimar, as the pasuk says, Hashemayim Shemayim Lashem ve'aretz nasan leiv neadam. Period. That's the Gemara's first answer. The Gemara is presenting this <clears throat> idea that there's uh, the Aron plus the Kaporis is ten. And Hashem is always above, and we are always below. Now, of course, we're all taller than 10 Tvachim. It doesn't mean that. It just means that we are always on the ground. Our feet are on the ground. We're never off the ground more than 10 Tvachim. Take a look at Rashi, because Rashi gets us into the lumdas of what is going on here. Why is it that this 9 plus 1 is 10? What is going on here? So Rashi top Rashi, Rashi says, the that a Kodesh Baruch Hu came down on the Kabar Shemamina, Lamala Me'asara, Mifsika Rishusa. Ah! Here we're getting into the language. Rashi gets us into the into the language of the lumdus. Is that it's a it's a, a hefsek rishus. We now consider ten tefachim a rishus because the kadosh baruch Hu stopped above ten tefachim, which means that up to ten is its own rishus. And that's how Rashi explains in lumdus the answer of our gemara. But the gemara has a slew of questions on this. We know stories. Moshe, all of the Marom, we have all these stories about Eliyahu, and we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu came down to Har Sinai, and all of these questions are posed here. Tafheya Madalif, four lines down. Below Yarda Shechina Lamata. What are you talking about? The Shechina did come down, says the Gemara of Hashem al Har Sinai. It's a great question. He came down to Har Sinai. He says, Yeah, he came down to Har Sinai, but Lamala Me'asar Tvachim. It was above 10 Tvachim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu was still above in his Rishus, as it were. And then the Gemara says, 
Uh, other than establishing establishing a rishus, nothing. That was the whole point of this Rashi. Rashi second line: asara mifsika rishusa. We have to define a rishus. That sukkah is halachically defined as a rishus when it's ten tefachim. That's how Rashi explains this Gemara. It's a, you're asking a great question and love this because what does one thing have to do with the other? It's correct and in logic they don't. We're not looking for logic of oh therefore it applies by sukkah. We're looking for the category of a rishus. That's what Tosa on the bottom of Dalim Base is talking about as well. We need to know how do we create a separation of outside my private property to inside my property private property ten mifsuk rishus. So similar ideas both in Rashi and Tosos, but from different different lenses. So that was question one that we asked. Like, Kodesh Baruch Hu does come down six lines down, five lines down. But see the pasuk says. The Amdu Raglov Bayomahu Al Har Hazesim and his um Raglov, his feet stood on Harazesim. Says the Gemara there too, Lamala Mesar Twachim, what Kodesh Barhu Kavyachal was not actually on the ground, he was above ten Twachim. Below Alum Moshe Velio yeah, they did. These are psukim and these are stories we hear as kids from the Midrashim. The Pasuk says in Chumash, Moshe Allah Elo Elohim. It's true, he did go up, but he only went up a little bit. Sorry, he didn't, it wasn't floating higher than that. It was a little bit. That Elio went up in a storm up in the heavens. Last question. The Pasuk says, now, in our Gemara, it has the word chisei here with an aleph, but the Pasuk is not actually written that way. It's written with a hey. Um, that's uh, quoted here from the Pasuk in Sefer Iyuv, Machez Pnei Chisei. You're grabbing onto the, the Pnei, the face of the chisei, of the covering, or as it seems from the Gemara, the chair. And Parshez, Allah, I know, he's spreading out the cloud. The Amar of Tanchum, Milamed, that he spread out, Shakai, Hashem spread out, so his glory, his shechina, so that means that Moshe must have been near him if he's spreading out. This is actually the Rashi here says that this is a notary cone. The word parshes, piresh, shakai, miziv. That's what Rashi says right here. A notary cone is where you have one word that's kind of like just an acronym where each letter is representative of another word. Parshes is representative of Pires and the pay and the resh and shakai and zib. Fine. So that's what he says. That's the kasha on the Gemara. So then the Gemara answers one third of the way down. No, lamatame asara. Even there was lamatame asara. Says the Gemara, no, still. Mikol makam. The Pasuk still says, me'achez say. See, the Pasuk still says he was holding on to the chair or he was holding on to the covering, whatever it was, whatever the word is, kise with an aleph or with a hey. Either way, Moshe was still holding on to it. Answers the Gemara, you're right, but Ishtar Buve, Ishtar Bevle, Kise Ada Sarvan Nakate. Kodesh Baruch, who lowered and moved the chair down enough that Moshe was able to grab onto the chair, but still he was um, he was close to the ground. So this is our question and our answer. We said, how do we know that the minimum rishus for a sukkah, the minimum height is 10 tvachim? The Gemara answers Bikitzer, it's the Aron, which is nine tvachim, plus the Kaporos, which is one, and that is considered a rishus that is tall enough to be considered a rishus. <clears throat> About 12 lines down, a little bit more, almost halfway down on Hayam and Aleph, the Gemara is bothered by something. Bishlama Aron Tisha Dechsiv. I understand that we know that an Aron is actually nine Tvachim. How? Because the Torah tells us what the height of the Aron was. Let's look at the whole Pasuk. Dechsiv. The Asu Aron team. We're going to make the Aron. It's going to be made out of this type of wood. Amosayim Vachetzi Arko. 2.5 amos in orech in length, the ama vachetzi rachbo, 1.5 ama in width, and here's our keywords, the ama vachetzi komaso, and it's 1.5 ama tall, times six tvachim per ama is nine. Good. Ella, what we don't know is how a kapores was ever to reach one tefach. The Torah doesn't explicate what that halacha is, we don't know. Ella kapores tefach minolan. 
After all, the Tani Rebbe Chanina, Kol HaKelem Sha'asa Moshe, all of the utensils that Moshe made, Nasna Bahen Torah Midas Orkan, Umidas Rachban, Umidas Kamasa. They were given all three, X, Y, and Z. They were, they were given the full cubical shape, whatever the, the shape was, length, width, and height. Except for Kapores, but by the Kapores, says the Gemara halfway down, Midas Orka, Umidas Rachbanas. Now we know length and width, but Midas Kamasa, Lo Nasna. So that's the Gemara's question. We know that the, the Aron is nine. You're under the assumption that the Kapores is one, to, which then brings us to 10. But how do you know that? The Gemara is going to present a whole host of answers. Uh, three lines before the wide lines, Seyu Lamad, maybe we can learn this from Mi Pachos Shebekelim, from one of the smallest of the utensils. Shen Emar, the Pasuk says, This is a reference to the Shulchan. The Shulchan had this uh, trim around it that was referred to as Miskeres. Rashi, five lines down, Miskeres, Safa, Kein Lebazbizin Saviva Shulchan. It was some type of trim around the Shulchan uh, that uh, was decorative, maybe, or maybe it was functional as well. We have to see in the Gemara. So it says the Gemara, Malahalan Tefach, Afkan Tefach, last of the short lines. Just like that, Miskeres on the Shulchan was one Tefach. Maybe we should say over here that it's the same exact type by the Kapores. Says Gemara, I mean, I guess so. You, you, I guess you could learn it from there, but why don't we look at the Kli that you're actually building? You're building the Arun, learn it from there. The Neilaf Mikalim Gufaihu, why are you picking the Miskeret? Learn, learn, learn from the from the Arun, make it an Am and a half. What's with the Tefach? Why did you pick a Tefach? Says the Gemara, last of the short lines. This is a couple of times you've seen this in Shas already. Tafasta, Marubalo, Tafasta, Tafasta, Muhat, Tafasta. And here the Rishonim explain as follows. We don't have a shear for the kaporas. So when we go looking for a shear, our starting assumption is that it should be relatively small. And we should not assume that it's going to be one of the larger shear. Why is that the case? Great question. But that is what this Gemara means. Tafasta Rubalo, Tafasta is that we can't, we, we're not aiming big here. We're aiming small. We're looking for smaller things. That's why the first answer of the Gemara is, hey, the miskeret, the miskeret that's around the Shulchan, that's reasonable. It's, uh, it's smaller. Good. Says the Gemara. Okay, well, if that's true, then says the Gemara, v'neilaf mitzitz. The tzitz also had no actual height measurement. I mean, it, 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 we made it that way, but the Torah doesn't say it. The Tanya, the Bryce writes, tzitz, the tzitz that the coin God would wear is domekimintas shel zahav. It was like a plate of gold. Berachav bezetz bows, and it was only two fingers thick. We normally assume that a tefach is four fingers thick, approximately. A tefach shochak is where your fingers are spread out a little bit. Regular tefach is four fingers. This is two, very small. That's how thick that you've just managed it on your forehead. It's very small. If you're the coin God, it's very small, very thin. Fine, that's what he says. Umukaf me ozen le ozen, and it would extend from ear to ear. The cost of a love base sheetin, and there were two lines of writing. Yud hey milamala, it said yud hey on top. The kodesh lamed milamata. But Rebbe Lazar disagrees. Amar Rebbe Lazar, Brevyosi, and Yuraisi, Viromi. He said, I was in the vaults in Rome and I saw them myself. The cost of a love, kodesh lashem beshita achas, I saw they were all on one line. Okay, machlokes and is what it looked like. But maybe we should learn from the tzitz, says the Gemara. We cannot learn the uh, the height of the kapores to say that it's one, we cannot learn from the tits. Why not? Here's the lambda of the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom. Hamid Aleph. Done in Klimi Kli. The ain't done in Klimi Tachshit. I'd rather learn the kapores from the Miskeres, which is part of a Kli, than to learn the kapores from the tits, which isn't a Kli, but rather a Tachshit. Let's compare apples to apples and not apples to oranges. The kapores is a Kli, the Miskeres is a Kli. The tzitz is not a kli, it's a tachshit. So let's compare the two things that are more similar. Let's learn one from another in a logical way. That's what the Gemara says. Oh, okay, fine. The neilaf mizer. Maybe we should learn from something else that, okay, it isn't a tachshit. And says the Gemara, what is a zer? The amar mar zer mashu, they're very thin. Let's take a look at Rashi. <coughs> Rashi says, <coughs> 10 lines from the bottom of the page. 
<coughs> in the Rashi's inner margin, Mizer shall Aron, O shall Mizbeach, O shall Mizgeres. They were all over the place, but they were used as decorative in decorative form. And that was just a mashu. So maybe the Kaporis was a mashu, right? Says the Gemara, no. Done in Klimi Klim. Okay, yes, we need the zer. It's, it's a requirement. We need it, but it's only a hechsher. It's not even a, a tachshit. It's a little more chashuv, but, but it's not enough to learn, to learn from. So <laughs> says the Gemara <coughs> that we need to learn klimikli, but we cannot learn from a hechsher. Says the Gemara, well, let's go back a little bit then. Six lines from the bottom. If what you're saying is true, that we cannot learn from a hechsher, that which isn't a kli really, but something which is a part of the kli, then says the Gemara, Miskeres nami hechsher klihu. The shulchan was a shulchan without without the miskeres. We added the miskeres. So then maybe we should look at it as a hechsher kli and say that it's really not comparable, just like we said by the zer. Answers the Gemara. No, don't worry. Miskarto lemata haisa. The miskeres of the shulchan was actually underneath the shulchan. Namely, it was like if you have like four poles, then the miskeres, and then the shulchan goes on top. It was a critical piece of the construction of the shulchan. That's what the Gemara is saying here, is that miskarto lamatais, it was, it was underneath the shulchan. It wasn't decorative. It wasn't, it wasn't a hechsher kli. It was a mamish part of the kli. Says the Gemara, okay. Ha nicha lamando amar miskarto lamatais. Oh, fine. If you say that the way that the shulchan was constructed is in that way, that the miskeres was a critical part of the build of the shulchan, okay. But if you say the miskeres was not a critical part, it was higher up on the on the build of the shulchan and not essential, Michael and Maymar. After all, if that is the case, that it's higher up and it's not a critical part of the building of the shulchan, high hechsher klihu, and then it shouldn't be comparable because then it's just like the zer, which is a hechsher. And the hechsher kli should not be comparable. We want to compare apples to apples and not apples to oranges. So if you're saying that the kaporis is a kli and it can, it can only be learned from a kli, then you can't learn from the misgaris if the misgaris is not a critical part of the building of the shulchan. So says the Gemara, okay, we need to we need to change the rules here a little bit. And the Gemara says three lines from the bottom as follows. Ella, Dunin, how, what do we compare the kaporis to? Dunin, davar she nasnavo Torah mida, mi davar she nasnavo Torah mida. We have to learn the kaporis, not necessarily as rigidly as we were thinking before, from kli to kli, apples to apples, but the apples to apples are different in that. We need to learn the kaporis, which the Torah gave some shiurim about, length and width, but not thickness. And we need to learn that from something which the Torah gave some shiurim about, but not all of them, like the miskeris. And therefore, says the Gemara, you can't learn from the tzitz and from the zer. There we have no shiurim at all. Shalom nasna bahen Torah mida klal. We have no way of knowing from there at all. So therefore, we can learn from the Miskara. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, Hey, Amad Aleph, Rahuna Amar Mehacha. He says, no, I know that the Kaporis is a tefach from a totally different source. After this whole dialogue, we just concluded that we can learn from the Miskaris. Good. But he says, I have a whole different, I'm pivoting now. And now we're not going to say, where does it make sense to learn from what's apples to apples? He's going to go the, <laughs> the Rabbi Shmal uh, approach of the hermeneutical principles. He's going to pull a Gzera Shava. Says the Gemara, Mehacha. Al Pneha Kaporis Kedma. That's what the Pasuk says about the Kaporis. What does the word Pnei mean? Face. Nobody's face is less than a Tefach. What does that mean? Says the Gemara. The Ema, maybe we should say, Ke'ape Debar Yuchni, top of Hamid Beis. This animal was a massive animal. Rashi, top line, Of Gadol Hume'od. Fine. He's got a huge face. It's not four Tefachim. Whatever, however big it is, ten tvachis, his face is huge. Maybe we should say the kapora should be learned from there. Says the Gemara, no, tafastam rubalo, tafasta, tafastam mua, tafasta. You can't be aggressive in this measurement as we've discussed. When, the, when there's an unknown in the Torah as to the shear, we don't go crazy. We are, 
conservative. We're, we're very reserved. We don't go with crazy shirts. So you're comparing the biggest bird on the planet. No, that's not how you make the comparison. Oh, okay. You don't want to go with a big bird. Let's go with a hummingbird. Says Gemara, second line, maybe a tiny bird. It's extremely small. It's not four tefach. It's one tefach. It's nothing. It's a tiny little face. It's a half of a tefach. You ever see a hummingbird? You could, you could close your hand on a hummingbird. They're tiny. I wouldn't. I'm just saying, in theory, they're very small. You could just, they're, they're so small. Tefach, you're talking centimeters. So it says the Gemara, Amar of Achabar Yaakov, Rav Huna, Pnei Pnei Gomar. No, you're trying to figure out what kind of bird. No, you're looking at it wrong. It's not how big is the bird. It's Xera Shava. The Tupsa Gemara as follows. Ksiv Hacha, four lines down. Ksiv Hacha, Pneaka, Pores, like the Pasuk we saw on the bottom, that Rav Huna quoted on Ham and Aleph. That's Pasuk number one. Ksiv Hacha, Me'es, Pnei, Yitzchak, Avi, Pnei, Pnei. Yitzchak was a regular person in his physical stature, and he had a regular face. We assume that at a minimum, it is going to be a Tefach. Therefore, says Rav Huna, Shava, I therefore know that when we say Al Pnei, Haka, Pores, that that Pnei is like Pnei, Yitzchak, Pnei, Pnei, and therefore a face is for Tzvachim, and therefore I know the Kapores is going to be for is one tefach, excuse me, where did I get four from? That, the, that it's going to be one tefach, says the Gemara. Why don't we learn it from another Pasuk? I could have asked a question. Uh, I could have asked, made my Xerah Shabbat from elsewhere. Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says the word, And while we have anthropomorphism as like a method of learning, we don't actually believe that Hashem had a face, yet the Gemara does learn that we therefore assume that God had a very large face. That's the assumption of the Gemara. Uh, says the Gemara, nope, tafasta mubilo tafasta, tafasta mua tafasta, same rule again, that when the Torah doesn't give a shear, you have to be measured in your approach. We cannot assume, therefore, that it was the face, quote unquote, kaviachal of a Baruch That is not the case. Um, and uh, and fine. So that's how the Gemara explains this case. Next uh, next little piece here. Why don't we learn this out from a kruv? And nailaf mi kruv. Why don't we learn from the kruvim? Uh, because the Pasuk there says, Pnei as well, el you What was the size of the Kruv's face? Take a look at Rashi. Six lines down. They were smaller than a Tefach. Oh, so says the Gemara, we have another Pasuk that says, Pnei, maybe Rapuna should have made his Gzeira Shava from Kapores to Kruvim. And therefore we should assume that it, the Kapores doesn't have to be a Tefach. It could even be less. Answers the Gemara, Amar Avacha Bar Yaakov, Gemiri, we have a tradition. If anybody asks you what the size, what the size of the face of the Kruvim were, the answer is it's definitely larger than a Tefach. The Rabhuna Nami Mehacha Gamir. This is a very difficult line to understand. The Rabbeinu Hananel here explains that really what Rabhuna Rav, is doing is we this is actually the correct Pasuk to compare to. So he's actually changing the second Pasuk. The first one is Al Kapores, and the second part that he's learning from, that he's taking the word of Pene from, is this Pasuk of Elakapores Yupne Hakirubin. Okay, so then we have our answers. We had answer number one that we said on the bottom before Rav Huna, which is that we can learn from the Miskeres because at least it had some shiurim in the Torah, just like the Kaporas. Answer number two is Rav Huna, is that we have a Gzeira Shava of some kind. Asks the Gemara, eight lines down, nine lines down, my Kruv, what is a Kruv? What, what is the language of Kruv? Answers the Gemara, Amar Kiravya. What is Kiravya? Shekin Bebavel, Korinli Yanuka, Ravya. A Yanuka is a child. Like Yursa de Yankasa, a Yanuka. Yonek is to nurse. It's a child that, that, that has to nurse, a, a baby. So therefore, says the Gemara, Kruv is Kiravya, that it's like a child. Amar if that's true, then I'm very confused by the Pasuk, Elameata. If it's true that it references a baby, then what does the Pasuk mean when it says, Dechsi Pneha Echad, Pneha Kruvu, Pneha Hasheni, Pneha Adam, Hainu Kruv, Hainu Adam? 
they're both called Kruvim, yet one's a baby and one's an adult. Answers the Gemara, Ape Rav, Reveva Ape Zutre, a larger face and a smaller face, but it's a baby face, right? So this all also requires commentary to understand that did it look cherubic, you know, like that look of those little cheeks of a baby? What did it look like? Did it look like we're all uh, adult men that I did a little facial hair? So Lachora, that was not what it was. It was seemingly a baby face that was larger and a baby face that was smaller. That's Pshat in the Gemara. No. It's not. It seems to be either an Aramaic word or the local word of the times there, but it's not in modern Hebrew, for sure not. Yeah. Uh, so then says the Gemara, uh, now we're going to pivot a little bit. We have our answers now. We asked the question that we started with today and we got two answers. We asked, how do we know that 10 Tzvachim is the right amount? And we gave our answers. Fine. Now the Gemara is asking the following. I know you said that 10 is the right number, but our Mishnah seemed to say that it, that it had to be a, a, um, a cavity of 10, right? And that that's the minimum that we needed. So asks the Gemara, umimai, almost a third of the way down, quarter of the way down, umimai dechalala asara bar misachacha. How do we know that the that the the void inside the sukkah has to be ten, and maybe that it's nine point nine? How do we get this that it has to be a full ten underneath bar misachacha? Maybe we should say it's ten, measuring from the outside of the of the sukkah and not from the inside. Says the Gemara, Ella mi lamim gamar la. We learned that from the beis lamim. We've seen this reference many times already in Shas. A reference to the beis hamikdash. What did we learn? The pasuk says as follows: The house that Shlomo built. Not a reference to the whole beis hamikdash, but a reference only to the heichal. La Hashem that he built for Hashem. What were the measurements of the Heichal? Says the Gemara, Shishim Ama Orko. The Heichal was 60 Amos um, east to west. The Esrim Rachbo, and it was 20 wide north to south. The Shloshim Ama Komaso, and it was 30 Amos tall. Let's hold on to the number 30. Uchsiv, we also know that the Torah writes, Komasa Kruva Echad Eser Boama. We also know that the Kruv was 10 Amos tall. They were both that tall. The Tanya, and we have a Brisa that says as follows. Just like we have in the Beis Olamim, in the Beis HaMikdash, where the height of the Heichal is 30 Amos, that the Kruvim are 10 tall, and it's a third. Just like in the Beis HaMikdash, the Kruvim stand at a third of the height of the Heichal, which is uh, 10 Amos of 30. So too says the Gemara, Mishkan Nami, Kruvim omdin. The same is true in the Mishkan. Remember what we're trying to prove? How do we know that 10 is an internal measurement and not an external measurement, that the void has to be 10? So says the Gemara, we know the following rule. We know that the Kruvim in the base of Mikdash was one third of the height of the Heichal. The Heichal was 30. The Kruvim were 10. And in the Mishkan, the same ratio applied. It had to be one third. So let's see what the measurements of the Mishkan were. Says the Gemara, exactly halfway down Hayamid Bays. Mishkan Kamahave. How tall was the Mishkan? It was portable. They didn't build the same exact huge building like they did. Says the Gemara, Eser Amos. The height of the building, what the height of the Mishkan was 10 Amos. Dixiv, Eser Amos, Oracha Keresh. That the boards of wood that they were using were 10 Amos long. Kama Havalahu. If we were to translate the number of 10, into tfachim, what would that be? Well, under the assumption that every tefach is six, then it's very simple math. It's 10 times six, shisin pushche. It's going to be 60 tfachim. And what is a third of 60? Tlase or tilse kamahavi, what is one third of 60? Says the Gemara, esrim pushche, that's going to be 20. Okay, so now we're in the Mishkan. The height of the Mishkan is 60 tfachim. We know that the ratio of the Kruvim is one third of the height of that building, which means that the Kruvim are going to stop at 20 Tvachim. Says the Gemara as follows. Dal asara de Aron ve We know the measurements of the Aron and the Kapores. 
uh, undebatable. No one's going to deny it. They are 10 Tfachim. So what's left? Remember, we said we start, we're starting with 60 Tfachim of height in the Mishkan. And we know that the Kruvim stand at one third, which is 20. And of the 20 that's left, we know that 10 is going to be Aaron and Kaporis. What's left? It's the 10 above that, says the Gemara. Pashuluhu Asara. And then says the Gemara, and here's the kicker, The wings were up, and they were above, they were above that, says the Gemara. How do we know that the wings, how do we know that the wings were above them? Maybe the, the wings were level with the heads, in which case the void of the sukkah, the, the height of the sukkah, internal height, is actually enough hold on one second, is actually enough to, maybe it's only 10 and not 10 plus, right? So that's the question of the Gemara. And I'll answer this one question, I'll come to you. The Pasuk says Lamala. So we know that the wings were Lamala, they were above the 10, which means therefore with all of this math, that the height of the Mishkan was 60. We know that the Kruvim stood at one third at 20 Tvachim from the ground. And we know that there was, uh, the Aaron and Kaporis were 10 from the ground up. That leaves us to 10 Tvach in the middle where the Kruvim stood, that's 10. And the Sochachim Bekanveim, the wings were above that. And therefore the height of the Sochah internally at a minimum has to be 10. Yes, sir. I totally did. Absolutely true. says the Gemara, Thank you very much. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Only when it's above 10. Absolutely right. And then the Gemara asked the question about the wings. How do we know that they were above? The Gemara answered that Amar of Achabar Yaakov, because the Pasuk says Lamala. Okay, well, maybe they were way above. Maybe they were 15 Amos up, 15 Tfachim above. Maybe they were super high. That says the Gemara, that can't be. It doesn't have a double language of Lamala, just one. So we assume that it just covers over enough to leave a, uh, a height of 10. Thank you, Vlad. I didn't mean to leave that out, obviously. Says the Gemara, three quarters of the way down. All of the math that you just did works out great. All of the math of the Tvachim, where we converted the height of the Mishkan from 10 Amos to 60 Tvachim. And we said that the bottom third was filled with Aron and there was 10 Tvachim left over for the Kruvim. All of that works out great, according to Rav Meir. Hanicha the Rav Meir, Damar Kol Amos Hayu Benonios, that all of the Amos were Benonios, they were medium sized, namely that they were six Tvachim. Ella, there was a very unique sheet of Rav Yehuda. I agree with you, Rav Meir, that when it comes to building the building that every Amma is, in fact, an Amma of six Tvachim. However, but according to Rav Yehuda, whenever you're building Kalim, the measurement of the Amma is different. The measurement of the Amma is that there are five Tvachim in an Amma. And that changes things because the Torah says that the Aron was 1.5 Amos tall. But if you're multiplying by five instead of six, all the math changes, right? If you're multiplying by six, like we've been doing so far, the height is 1.5 times six, that's nine plus the Kaporos is 10. But what if you hold like Rav Meir, that by the Kalim, the, our, our Amma is five Tvachim. So then what's 1.5, not times six, times five? It's 7.5 plus the Kaporos is 8.5. Says the Gemara, in this new measurement, when we're saying, according to Rav Yehuda, that the Kalim are measured specifically with five tefach per amma, then tmanya opalga. Then you're only left with eight and a half. And what that implies is that pashu lehu, that what's left over is chadzrei upalga. We said that the kruvim will, will stop one third of the way down at 20 tefachim out of the 60. But if the aron and the kapors are only 8.5, 
that means that from 8.5 to 20, you're left with 11.5 to get to the 20, which means that our sukkah should probably be bigger. That's the Gemara's problem with Rabbi Yehuda. Ema, should we say, sukkah upalga? The sukkah is not kosher until there's 11 and a half? Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, kalim don't measure the same way as the building itself. Kalim are with five tvachim. And if you do that, then that means that the kruvim were actually taller than 10. They were 11 and a half tall. <clears throat> Therefore, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and with this we will close, Elo the Rabbi Yehuda, you're right. I'm not using these measurements. I can't use these measurements because according to me, Rabbi Yehuda, I hold that when it comes to Kalim, that every Amma is five Tfachim. And the math therefore doesn't work because that would then mean that the Kruvim would have the space to be 11 and a half a Tfachim, and that's not going to work. So what does he hold? Amar Elo the Rabbi Yehuda, Hilchasa Gemirila, he has a tradition. This is a well known Gemara and Shast. Amar Abchia Bar Ashi, Amar Rab, Shiurin, Chatzitzin, Umechitzin. When it comes to certain shiurim, when it comes to chatzitza, making sure that when uh, one goes to the mikvah, that there's nothing that's separating their skin from the water. Big shilas about casts, about invisaligns, about braces, about rings that you can't take off, about uh, hundreds of things that can come up. Stitches are a big shilas in post game. Fine. In all of these cases, they are halacha lemoshim sinai. And tomorrow night, Amir Tashem will pick up with the sugya, starting with shiurim de oraisa on the bottom of Hamid Bay's. Wishing you all a beautiful night.